Would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, open our eyes that we might see wondrous things in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. So I was married in 1986 in New Jersey, and we drove down the coast of the East Coast to South Carolina, Hilton Head, South Carolina, for a honeymoon. On the way back, we drove back, and we stayed in Virginia Beach, Virginia, one night on the way back, and we ordered a pizza in our hotel room, and I went down to the car to retrieve some things that we had forgotten in the car. When I came back up, my wife was in tears. I thought, honey, what's the matter? What's going on? She said, well, the pizza came. I didn't know what name to sign. Because the name had changed from Phillips to Klein. Now, changing your name is a big deal, right? It's like your identity is completely shifted, right? This is a big deal. So Pam was totally in tears, was having an identity crisis in the hotel room without me there to settle it out. Names are a big deal. They say a lot about us. In fact, when you give someone a name, it says something about who they are. It's significant. In fact, it brings us back to the original purpose for which we're made. One of the purposes was to name things. Remember Genesis goes like this, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The next verse, God makes a woman because he couldn't find a helper suitable among all the animals, and, God, and the man says, whoa, man, and then woman is her name. That's my joke for the morning. Come on. Come on. That's pretty big. It's pretty big. All right. Now, my parents assigned me the name Jeffrey, and I don't think there was any profound reason. In fact, I asked my mom this week, why did I get the name Jeffrey? What was a popular name at the time? And we liked the name. You know, and plus, we didn't want to name you Peter because your dad was Peter and your grandpa was Peter, and there was enough Peters in the world, so over my dead body would we name you Peter. Okay. Naming in the Bible is a lot more significant. Naming in the Bible usually includes a reason for the name or the meaning of the name. So Adam in Hebrew comes from the ground because it means ground, the same word for ground to Adam. Adam came from the ground. Eve means mother of the living. Abram and Sarai had their names changed by God to Abraham and Sarah after God made a covenant that would bless all people. Isaac gets his name because when God told Abraham and Sarah they were going to have a kid in this advanced age, Sarah left. So God names Isaac laughter. Jacob, after wrestling with God, gets the name Israel, which means one who struggles or wrestles with God. And one of the most famous name changes ever is Simon into Peter the Rock. Simon, which means kind of pebbles or stones, into Peter the Rock. Now today, we look at the Church of Philadelphia. We could say a lot of things about the Church of Philadelphia, but we're going to focus on this one thing. We're going to focus on this name change idea. The city of Philadelphia, just like the city of Sardis, was plagued by earthquakes, lots of earthquakes. So when earthquakes happen, just like natural disasters today happen, the president goes to the spot, and the president usually offers money to help to remake the place that's been destroyed. Well, back in these days, the emperor would show up in the town where the earthquake happened, and he would offer to fix the town. The thing is, the emperor wanted to not only fix the town, but then he wanted to get glory for his own name by changing the name to... His name. So this town, Philadelphia, was renamed Flavius. It was renamed New Caesarea. Got lots of new names. And so these people were used to name changes when it came to restoring their town from earthquake destruction to a new place. Now, when an emperor changes the name, it's to honor the emperor because he wants to put it in his name. But when God changes the name, it signals that something new is happening in the person who receives the name. Changing someone's name, just like my wife realized in the hotel room, is a big deal. 
it tells about who you're aligned with. Pam went from being a Phillips to a Klein. You can see why she was crying. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now let's look at what Jesus said to the church in Philadelphia. It says this. I am coming suddenly. Hold tight what you have so that no one will take your crown by leading you to renounce the faith. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. The churches in Revelation are living in a time of great tribulation. There is lots of persecution for being a follower of Jesus. The Emperor Nero came after the Christians. The Emperor Domitian came after the Christians. Not only that, there was a huge temptation. It was a very rich area they lived in. It was a huge temptation to become apathetic and kind of like comfortable. Or to participate in all the pagan rituals going on in these towns. The festivals, the pagan festivals, and to, to lean in. So one of the constant messages Jesus speaks to the churches and the Christians in Revelation is, if you overcome, if you conquer, you're going to get a reward. Why overcome? Why conquer? Because remember, at Revelation, this big picture, the beast, the enemy of God, is actively at work making war against the people of God, especially those who follow Jesus. He's making war against him. So you need to overcome. You need to conquer. And what is the reward you're going to receive if you conquer and overcome? Well, let's look at the verse again. He or she who overcomes the world by believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will make him or her a pillar in the temple of my God. He or she will most certainly never be put out of it. Now, I think John hears in mind here 2 Chronicles chapter 3. It's about Solomon's temple, and here's what it says about Solomon's temple. Then he set up two pillars at the entrance of the temple, one to the south of the entrance, the other to the north. He named one in the south, Jachin, and the one in the north, Boaz. Jacob, Jachin means God establishes, and Boaz means in, in his strength. So if you overcome, if you conquer by holding fast to the message of Jesus, God will establish your life and give you his strength and your life will be a, a pillar, a picture of what it means to be established in Jesus' name. It's kind of like getting your name on a building at a university, right? Or like a, a naming right for a stadium. Except the difference is, when you name a stadium or name a building, it's because you gave enough money to make it happen. In this case, God is writing this new name on you. He's establishing your life in his strength. Okay. So now let's put the verse up there again from Revelation, if we can. And it says here, if you overcome, he or she overcomes the world. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Um, by believing that Jesus, Son of God, will make him or her into a pillar in the temple of my God. What is the significance of having the name of God written on your life? See what it says there? If you overcome, you have the name of God written on your life. Go to the next verse, Kyle, maybe. <laughs> Go to the next verse. This is going well. Okay, we'll, we'll stay here. All right. So in the Bible, God's name has a number of attributes. Number, number of attributes. And they're all through the scripture. We don't have time to go through a bunch of them, but I'm going to take you through a few this morning. You know this particular verse, right? You hear it at the end of church a lot about the Lord blessing you and keeping you and making his face to shine in you. 
And you can see the last verse there says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. It's interesting that when the priests bless Israel, the name of God is placed on them as a people. That's pretty cool. Look at this next one, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. God's name written on your life protects you. It's, a, it's protection. The name of God protects you. Whoa. Look at Micah 4.5. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods. We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. So it's like if you walk in the name of other, other gods, you're like living in this dimension where the other gods are. But if you walk in the name of the Lord your God, you're walking in this dimension or realm where the name of God is ruling and reigning and establishing itself there. It's like you can walk inside the realm of the name of God. The name of God, the Jewish people had said it, it had character, it had uh, transcendence, it was otherworldly. It was like speaking the name of God, you did it very carefully because it had weight and brought glory to God. You didn't use it sort of haphazardly. So when the name of God is written on your life, the overcomers, it's unbelievable. We get to live in the protection and the establishment and the presence and the strength of the name of God. Jesus continues, he says this, I will write my name, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my own name. Not only will overcomers receive the name of God, they're also gonna receive the name of this new Jerusalem, which is the home, the place we're gonna dwell with God. Revelation 21 describes this like this. Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. So you get the name of God written on your life. You get the name of the city of God written on your life, which is the place you're going to dwell. You're going to live with God in this new place that he's creating. and All things will be made new. And then... Jesus continues, I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God, and my own new name. So on top of God and the new city of Jerusalem, you get Jesus written on your life. What's the name of Jesus do? Well, check these verses out. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Is any of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Man, you can heal people in the name of Jesus. Lives can be transformed in the name of Jesus. Now, this is a lot of stuff. I'm going to show you this in a different way. I'm going to get my table over here. Hopefully this will go better than the slides did so far. So I was thinking about this. In life, you and I receive lots of names. I've received lots of names over the course of my life. One of those names is dead. 
I had a kid. They call me dad. Sometimes they call me daddy. Sometimes they call me father if they're irritated with me. But it's mostly dad. Then my wife, she calls me. Honey. Or, you know, sometimes good looking or handsome. You know, just occasionally it comes out. It's pretty cool. And then, you know, I've been called some other things. I've, I've got this personality profile from Briggs, Myers-Briggs, ENFP. That's where I am. And I have that name. That's, I, that's my personality. Or you could say I'm an eight on the, on, the, uh, on the Enneagram scale. Or I'm a speaker. I could, you know, go by my occupation, my, my thing. I'm passionate. Um, and then, you know, I'm a hockey player all those things. But guess what? I've also been called other names. Yeah. I've been called loud. It's a little hurtful, but I, I have to you know, receive it. I've been called zero to 60 by my kids when I get a little worked up. I go from zero to 60 quickly. I've been called a lousy leader when my church plant was exploding all around me. People made sure to tell me, you are a lousy leader. I've been called a loose cannon. I've been called a wild man. (laughs) And I've been called worse. Now here's how this works. When we get named, we have the power to name things, to name people. When we name them, we're actually changing their name, their identity, from who God created them to be in Christ to all these labels that we give. The labels are both good and bad. But aren't we more than all this? Is this what we are? I've been in churches where it's like, oh, there's Bob. He's the guy that committed adultery on his wife. Oh, there's Sam. He, he's the alcoholic. Oh, there's Betty. She's, she's the gossip. What names have you been called? How have the names you've been called stuck to you like mine have stuck to me? Because when we call people names, they stick. And they become part of us. Now, I love this passage because it says in this passage that I don't have to live by any of these names. Jesus, I guess, sees me much more deeply, sees you much more deeply. In fact, it says in the passage that he's going to write on your life the name of God. This is the name that has the power to establish you and strengthen you. This is the name you can actually dwell inside of the realm where this name is ruling and reigning. This is your identity. You belong to your daddy, your father, your God. And then it says he's going to write the name of this place you're going to dwell, this kingdom that you belong to, the new Jerusalem. This kingdom here We don't really belong here. We're here. The kingdom of God is here with us, but we're going to belong to this other realm, this other place someday where we get to actually hang out with God, look him in the face, 
And he wipes all the tears away. And we get to sit there and look him in the face and call him daddy and have a conversation. And then he's going to write the name of Jesus on your life. Now, it even says in Revelation, this is going to be a new name for Jesus. I don't know what it is. Wouldn't it be cool if I knew? I have no idea. If there was cool, if that was in the Greek somewhere, but I can't say that. There's not there. Just as a new name for Jesus will be written on your life. So imagine living in this identity. This is who you are. This, this is a big deal. This changes you legally from being condemned and guilty before God to being holy, fully forgiven, and having all your sins washed away. No one can call you alcoholic. No one can call you loser. No one can call you adulterer. No one can call you cheater. Because when this is written on your life, all those names don't stick. They're washed away in the power of Jesus. Relationally, you go from being separated from God to being totally connected to him, adopted as children, where you get to call God your Abba, your daddy, your father. And then by nature, we go from being children of wrath to participating in the divine nature and being connected to Jesus himself. This is your new identity in Christ. This is your new name. I hope today we can go out and live in the power knowing that this is how we are seen by our Father, our Savior, and our God. Let's pray. Jesus, you know that the world tries to stick lots of names on us. Some of those have stuck. Some of us sit here this morning and we can think of the names that we have been called throughout life that have stuck and been negative and difficult. Jesus, we pray that you would this morning give us an assurance, especially as we take this meal, that we belong to you, that we are identified with you, that we have your name written on our lives. In your name we pray all these things. Amen.